Hey everyone and welcome back to our second episode of Books with Spice Please. I'm Al. And I'm Katie. And on this week's episode we're going to be reviewing Maybe Someday by Colleen Hoover. Just a heads up to everyone listening. This book review is not going to be as funny as the review we did for Ice Planet Barbarians or as smutty. But it's still 18 plus please. Yeah. So the author Colleen Hoover is one of my favorites. I read like five of her books at least before this one. I got it through the audiobook on the library. It was the only thing by Colleen Hoover and it was like 10 hours and 40 minutes. The book was 367 pages. This was my first Colleen Hoover. Caitlin had told me they were like Sarah Dessen novels so I was ready for it to be sad but it was my first adult romance sad like was a romance sad yeah this one is really heavy i mean there's always a bit of heaviness in her books but this was kind of like a forbidden romance too yeah friends to lovers just it was just a different but this is also part of a series the next one's about warren and bridget and i think that'll be really cute because throughout this book they really had a fun dynamic and you kind of don't really have an idea of what they've got going on. They're kind of private about it. So the next book is about how they're getting together, which is cute. That one's called Maybe Not, (laughs) is a novella. Then book number two is Maybe Now, and it goes back to all of them, I think. Oh, cute. What's this book about? The summary, Katie. I will, let me read the back. At 22 years old, Sydney is enjoying a great life. She's in college, working a steady job, in love with her wonderful boyfriend, Hunter, and rooming with her best friend, Tori. But everything changes when she discovers that Hunter is cheating on her, and she's forced to decide what her next move should be. Soon, Sydney finds herself captivated by her mysterious and attractive neighbor, Ridge. She can't take her eyes off of him or stop listening to the passionate way he plays his guitar every evening out on his balcony. And there's something about Sydney that Bridge can't ignore either. They soon find themselves needing each other in more ways than one. A passionate tale of friendship, betrayal, and romance maybe someday will immerse readers in Sydney's world from the very first page. How does that first page start? I love it. It's a prologue because we already know that Hunter cheats on Sydney. The first line says, I just punched a girl in the face, not just any girl, my best friend, my roommate. She's so mad and she's just punching everybody. She punched... Tori? What was her name? Tori. Tori, yeah. We don't want to be a Tori. We have to remember that. And then she punches... Hunter. I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's okay. They're not They don't matter. They don't matter. (laughs) They don't matter. (laughs) I just thought that was hilarious she was just like you know what yeah i've done done mm-hmm. leaving i don't care what anyone has to say and she forgets her person she's just like that's tomorrow's problem like <laughs> she's yeah she's got her bags packed she's going out there it's raining oh. she, she can't even get her cab because she left her purse that's when we meet bridget <laughs> she's in her <laughs> hooters um waitressing outfit she Ends up thinking that Sydney is deaf because Sydney hadn't spoke. So she wasn't. So, yeah, she wasn't responding. She's like, "What the? <laughs> who is this girl?" Because Sydney didn't know who Bridget was. She was like, "This random chick is trying to get me to come with her." She's just like, "Ridge told me that you'd be here. I'm gonna take you up." 
she was like, okay, you know, because her and Rich had been just texting for a little while. We should talk about their little origin, how that started, how they started texting. How she finds out that Hunter and Tori are cheating on her. Sydney goes out onto her balcony pretty much every night to listen to this cute boy play his guitar on his balcony. I loved this quote about Ridge when she's watching him play. It says on page 11, I've always been a sucker for musicians, but more in a fantasy way. They're a different breed, a breed that rarely make for good boyfriends. And I just gotta say, (laughs) true. She should have known right there. (laughs) Uh, She should have. She should have. This was a mess. This was such a mess. He puts up he's got a whole taylor swift moment Mm -hmm. tell us about it caitlin (laughs) they're out on their balconies she's listening she's playing his guitar she starts singing along to his guitar but with lyrics that she's made up herself to his music he stops playing so she looks up they make eye contact he is like hold on you know holds up your finger and it's like wait and he comes back with a pen and paper and he writes down his phone number and the words underneath it say, text me. And it's so cute. And it reminds me of Taylor Swift music video, You Belong With Me. <laughs> I loved that growing up. I thought the same thing when I read it. It was definitely a Taylor Swift moment. I was like, oh, that's so cute. She gets his number and she texts him and he's like, give me the lyrics. Give me the lyrics because he doesn't have lyrics for it yet because he's just making the song. I was so proud of her for even sending lyrics. I would have been mortified. Yeah, me too. I would have gone inside and never come back out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like caught. Like absolutely caught. She ends up sending him the lyrics and he really likes it. You know, they kind of develop a little bit of a friendship over a couple weeks. And that's when he, you know, he notices that Hunter and Tori are cheating because he's out on the balcony and he can see them when they're like sneaking off. He waited to tell her which sucked because he wanted to make sure he would like get lyrics from her pretty much. He tells it to her on her like her birthday. Yeah, telling her on her birthday, which totally sucked. But she was glad that he told her kind of. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> he eventually made it there. She was, <laughs> we won't yeah, hold it against him devastated. too long, I guess. No, we don't hold him. I mean, they were only barely friends for like two weeks. Yeah, I mean, they could have been like a throuple. Oh, but <laughs> so he ends up telling Sydney, and she she punches him out, leaves. Ridge sends down Bridget, and Bridget takes her up and thinks that she's deaf, which is hilarious. Bridget basically thinks she's deaf for more than half the book. Yeah, um, no one cares to correct Bridget, and so like Bridget yells everything she says to Sydney, thinking that she's deaf. Yeah. Because that's how she talks to Ridge, too. Like it's, <laughs> it's too much. Bridget does too much. Sydney agrees to stay at the apartment with Ridge under the condition that she writes lyrics for their band and she doesn't have to pay rent. Because she's going to plan on moving out soon. Like, she's definitely going to get her own place, but she just needs somewhere in between. She lost her job because she was throwing romance novels at the school library because she had just, you know, left Hunter 
you know, and been cheated on. So she lost her job. She doesn't have enough money for savings. So she needs to find a place, but it's going to take a little bit. So he lets her stay and they have a Jack and Jill bathroom, which is hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So in the apartment, we've got Rich, the cute musician. Bridget lives there. Um, Warren, and then Warren, which is Bridget's best friend. He's hilarious. He's the comedic relief that we needed. Yeah. And, and he, also the best, best friend. Like he was, yeah. such, Warren was such a good friend. He was always on Ridge's side. And then when he found out that Sydney was like worth Ridge's time, he was like really sweet to R- Sydney. And even, even before that, like he was still sweet with her. He just didn't like it when things got too far. So he was really sweet. He was. I, I really like Warren. He's a huge prankster and that's their kind of thing in that apartment. Sydney ends up crashing their first night on the couch and Warren wrote, someone wrote on your forehead. On her forehead. <laughs> on her forehead, yeah. <laughs> yeah, too funny. She didn't even know until Ridge told her that he didn't do it. And then she ends up making nasty scramble eggs to get back at him, which was so gross. And Bridget (laughs) ate them, too, and they didn't tell her. And she was like, this shit is nasty. Like, if you're going to cook with us, like, I can't eat this. This is disgusting. And she just throws it in the trash. And she thinks that Sydney can't hear her. Yep. (laughs) She's not. She didn't censor herself at all. No. (laughs) It was too funny. So they do a lot of pranking. And that was why they didn't tell Bridget that she wasn't deaf. Because they all can just take a joke pretty good. So Bridget's deaf. And she had no idea. And she thought he was pranking her at first. And Ridge kind of just throws clothes at her. Like her bed sheets. Mm -hmm. um, For her to make a bed. And she's like, okay, this guy is rude. He didn't say anything to me. He comes back out. And she's like, what's your problem? And he's like, texts her. And she's like, what? And he's like, I'm deaf. And she's like, kind of mad that he didn't tell her. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it never came up. Like, they were just texting before she moved in. And he was just out on the balcony playing guitar. He never was singing, so she wouldn't known. So she was pretty shocked. I felt kind of bad for him that she was kind of mad. But she didn't, like, she didn't hold it against him for long. She was just shocked. And he kind of is used to that. Um, And then she asked all the questions. And he was like, yep. <laughs> She was like, okay, I guess we shouldn't do that. That was kind of the start of how they all got together and how the book went on. They write lyrics together. Yep, because he really loved her lyrics. And she's now officially a roomie and Mm -hmm. owes lyrics. And now that they're closer, Bridge begins like comparing Sydney to his girlfriend, Maggie. Who, by the way, he hasn't even mentioned. I've been wondering about that. I was so mad. I I was too. Because she's like attracted to him as well and she has no idea and actually there's a really funny part when she first agreed to become their roommate because she was originally uncomfortable she was like well if we're roommates can you do me a favor bridge tech what's that send me text back if i ever start dating again don't be like tori and sleep with my boyfriend okay and he says can't make any promises i'm pretty sure there's a part two where like they write their lyrics together for the first time in person they promise each other not to be become a hunter and tori he doesn't tell her about maggie until like almost halfway through the freaking book and she doesn't find out until 
they fall asleep next to each other on the bed in his room and she wakes up and she's like oh shoot someone's here and Ridge wakes up and he's like oh my gosh it's Friday my girlfriend's coming over you need to get out of my room because this could look bad and Sydney's like okay what the fuck that's it that's when Sydney's like I think I'm pretty sure that's when Sydney's like don't don't make me a Tory she was devastated like this is when it was just like too much for me it was just like okay like she needs to move out now you know like this isn't it's not cute I it was so hard for me and I felt like at that point we needed more ridge point of view like it felt like so much of what I really liked about the book was through Ridge's point of view like how much he cared for her and how much he loved Maggie and it was really hard to be in Sydney's point of view and long so hard for Ridge it was so hard like that was why it was so sad yeah there's like all this tension between them trying not to fall in love Mm-hmm. But you can't control your feelings. And that's basically this whole book. The majority of this book is that you can't control how you feel and like what the heart wants, basically. Maggie ends up being like a really sweet girl. Yeah. She's so sweet. Like out of all of these people, I would have rather have been Maggie. She at the end got what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And that was really great. And I love that she had such a optimistic view on what she was going to go forward and do with her life because she has CF and she's not going to live you know for more than 10 plus years maybe she's got so much more to do than worry about Ridge and Ridge has got more to do than worry about her at this point Mm -hmm. I mean multiple times during the whole book Ridge and Sydney try to like remind themselves and each other that oh we can't be doing this like Maggie think of Maggie and there's a quote here that I wanted to read it says I spend the next half hour reminding myself how much I've missed her I remind myself how much I love her I remind myself how good it feels when we're together I keep reminding myself over and over because for the past week it felt as if I was starting to forget and that was rude when Maggie had shown up and I was just like I don't want to feel this way (laughs) I yeah but what also makes it even a little harder on the reader is that both Ridge and Sydney are very likable characters. They're so honest and communicate really well with each other. I mean, they fall in love. They, I mean, I think at the end of the day, they're human and they made mistakes and they weren't thinking as clearly as they thought they, they were because they do communicate and they are like, oh my God. I mean, I have in my notes, this book is so heavy. I'm in love with both of them because I I love both Bridge and Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And they have such amazing moments where she sits in his lap and leans against him while he plays the guitar in front of her. And, mm-hmm. and he like shows her how he's able to feel the chords and play the chords, like know what he's playing. And like, he like puts his puts his head on her chest while she sings that's when it starts that's when they start to get into big trouble yep and they fall asleep together like that it was so beautiful and it was wonderful to read and then it just would get shattered 
Mm-hmm. And you're just like, ugh, like, why? Ugh. Like, what are they doing, you guys? They make a song together that Ridge immediately sends to his brother, who's in the band that he's in, Sounds of Cedar. And he gets a rough cut of the song. He takes headphones to Sydney, watches her listen to the song. And she's so overwhelmed that she begins to quietly cry and like she's singing the lyrics that she wrote for that song yes Um, and the song is maybe someday and they wrote it together about their love and that is when ridge is jealous for the first time ever about being able to hear she's he's jealous of her being able to hear because he really wants to hear her sing He wants to hear her sing so badly more than he's wanted to hear anything in his life. So that's when he reaches for her hand, puts it on her chest to feel her singing. It travels up. They end up kissing. And instead of feeling happy and excited, I just felt so sad for them, which is not normal for me to feel sad about a first kiss in a book. It was devastating. It was just kind of like we all know it's a bad idea. That's when they broke their promise. They both became a Tory and a hunter. And she was so mad at him for making her a Tory. Yeah. And Maggie got turned into a Sydney. Mm-hmm. For real. And so they had been messaging back and forth. And Maggie saw it. And I thought yeah. she was yeah. so strong. She was just that she saw it and she told she told Sydney and she was like, I didn't believe that somebody could love two people at once, you know, before. Mm-hmm. And and that really stuck out to me because it was, you know, I feel like that's a really hard concept for a lot of people to imagine somebody truly loving in a romantic way more than one person. I feel like that's really hard for a lot of people. And this book, I, I think that's another reason why I really liked reading Ridge's point of view just kind of validates that you can be loved and you can be loved by a lot of people. I don't know. It was an like- interesting perspective. Yeah, he also knows exactly what he's doing and he's battling with himself. He's like, do I compromise Sydney's feelings to spare his relationship? Does he compromise his relationship to spare Sydney's feelings? Then Maggie ends up reading it and on top of reading it, she's at the hospital when she reads it because she got super sick. Yeah, she had a diabetic episode and she's got cystic fibrosis. So that's even more hard on her body. You know, so she has an episode and she's in the hospital and Reese leaves his computer there and she sees it all. And her and Reese have been together for like six years. On top of that, he had waited to even date her for a whole year before that. Like it was nuts. So this relationship, like you could, like that makes so much more sense of why Ridge, you know, loved her so much and was so connected with her because it had been so long, I mean, since he was a kid. Meanwhile, when Maggie's finding out about their relationship and reading the messages between them on his laptop, he freaking went back to the apartment to say goodbye to Sydney and he was speaking to her for the first time in 15 years. Oh my god, I was so mad! Maggie like, deserved it. Maggie, Maggie did deserve it. Like, I could not, I couldn't believe that he was speaking, like, to Sydney, to somebody he's not even giving a chance to, like, try and, quote, unquote, save the relationship. But Mm then I was like, what? And they had only been together for, like, okay, been together. They had only known each other for a few months. 
and he's right. like, talking to her. Right. Maggie deserved that. She deserved him to say anything to her. And yeah, he didn't talk because his dad, when he was a kid, like there was a lot of childhood trauma that went on in Ridge's household. Mm-hmm. A lot of neglect and abuse and stuff and so his dad had traumatized him into not speaking and he hadn't spoke since he was like nine years old or something like that and it was just you know Maggie deserved to hear him say that he loved her or loves her I mean because he loves her he's not it's not past tense he's always gonna love Maggie yeah it's just I don't know it shouldn't have been Sydney like I love Sydney just as much as everybody else but it shouldn't have been Sydney. It was definitely a special moment for Sydney, though. I can't it take was, that from her. I can't take that from her. Ridge also like was telling stories he hadn't told anyone before to Sydney. Kind of crazy. Asking for her deep dark secrets back. Like, dude, you're not yes. supposed to be flirting. That's like your quote unquote because they were trying to like lessen the attraction for one another to continue writing lyrics. They would send back the flaws, their own flaws to each other. Which and is like just not even like that's not gonna do anything. That might that's just, just make someone flirting. like them Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just here. Tell me <sighs> something about yourself. <laughs> okay, get to know me more. Like it doesn't make any sense. But they I get it. Like it was cute and I loved it. Like, but then it would just be sad because the whole reason why they're doing it. Which didn't work. <laughs> no, they failed and they talk about failing. <sighs> He told Maggie. Yeah. Maggie read everything, needed a few days to herself. So she gets discharged from the hospital, goes home to Aunt San Antonio. Warren made a bridge pay for Sydney's hotel that she stayed in before she moved into her own apartment. So they, Bridge and Sydney, didn't have any contact that time period before Bridge goes to San Antonio to talk with Maggie about everything that happened. Because Maggie came, got her stuff, left like the queen she is, and then told Ridge to stay away. He stays away for a few days, and then he finally goes up there, and she's like, I love you, and I know that this is genuine, and that you love me, and how she's even like i kind of i can understand where you guys are coming from i was trying to make excuses for you reading the texts and that's kind of messed up i shouldn't be making excuses for you but she could see she could see what was happening and i thought that was so grown of her it was beautiful maggie's so beautiful i love maggie me too it gave her to the opportunity she Those few days, there's a quote on page 294 I'm going to read. It says, when Maggie's talking, The past few days have helped me realize that I'm still with you because I'm scared to break your heart. She felt like Ridge was too suffocating for her. And she made a good point about how they shouldn't have to fight to be together. Like, he was went there intending to do. Yeah, and that, you know, he was... Like you said, he was, like, holding her back from what she wanted to do because she's got this cystic fibrosis, this disease going to end her life sooner than everyone else. And he really wants to take care of her so she doesn't get sick and doesn't die sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wants to go live and she wants to party and she wants to have fun and she wants to go to school and be stressed out and do what she wants. And he, you know, he wants to take care of her. And that's just not what she wants. She wants to be independent and on her own, and she's not going to 
be able to have that without a fight with Ridge because he loves her. And she can respect that. And that's why she was worried about breaking his heart. And then it's sad again. And then it's sad again. (laughs) Because after how long do they wait? Like, um, is it like three weeks that they wait to see each other, Ridge and Sydney? I think so. And then he waits three more months and he plans the surprise concert for her. Mm -hmm. That point, though, was really romantic. But then it got freaking sad again. (sighs) When he went to go visit her, they're trying to talk, but she doesn't want to start a relationship with him, feeling like she's just the second choice to Maggie and like they don't have a good foundation to start on. And he's writing on her hand and he's like kissing her up the path kind of where like he's writing on her arm and up to her neck and jaw and she like stops him right before they kiss on the lips and he's she's like I need you to leave I can't be around you anymore it terrifies me that you're wishing I were her and he respects that I think they spend the night together just sleeping in the same bed I don't think they do. No. I think he ends up, like, she ends up pushing him away and saying, you know, I can't do this. I'm worried about you thinking about her. And he was like, oh, no, he writes her all those letters, doesn't he? Yeah. And he Yeah, so I thought she fell asleep and pretends to be asleep when he's writing. Because it's early, early morning when Bridge leaves, right? Yep, because he writes her another little note and he tells her to say when. Mm Mm-hmm. He ends it with just say when. Like, I'll be here because I know we can work. Yeah, but I can't imagine having that conversation after everything that's just happened. I, being Sydney in that, like, yeah, you don't want to be the second choice. Maggie was such a beautiful, wonderful person. Like, how it's so hard not to compare yourself and then be in that situation. Yeah, Sydney was like never, she was jealous of Maggie, obviously, but she didn't hate Maggie. And that made it harder for her. <laughs> Yeah, because there was never any enemies here except for Tori and Hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, the only people, everyone in that apartment, they all loved each other, cared for each other, except for Bridget. Bridget gets a pass. <laughs> she does, turns she, out not to be so bad. She, yeah. <laughs> Bridget isn't awful. <laughs> but yeah, like, Sydney loved Maggie. Like, everybody loved Maggie. She was so worried for Maggie when Maggie got sick. She wasn't worried... She was worried about Ridge and she was worried about Maggie. She wasn't thinking about Maggie passing and then she gets Ridge. Because she didn't know that she was sick before that. And Warren, that's when Warren realizes that Sydney is worth Ridge's time. That she's not an enemy. She's not slipping in between the cracks to get what she wants. Sydney's Mm -hmm. a good person and this is just a terrible situation. And Warren has... The wisdom to tell them to stop and move out. And he's just like, this is enough. And they're like, we know we have to move out. So we get to the point where they have to have this crazy conversation. And Ridge ends up writing such amazing things to her in this letter. It's it's long. And it's so, so sweet. And <sighs> his explanation. It. It's it's his explanation of how so, he loves her and how he loves Maggie and how he'll always love Maggie, but his love for Sydney is is so different. Musicians and their ways with words. My yeah. God. 
was this whole book had so much in it that I was I was so intimidated reading it because it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they made a whole album with the songs and everything, which it sounds exactly like what you would picture the album to sound like. The wonderful like acoustic guitar. I mean, the band's name is Sounds of Cedar, which sounds super acoustic. It's really good. And then after that letter, Bridge comes up with this plan in three months to give Sydney the ultimate surprise and like gets Warren to help him. Warren convinces Sydney to get dressed and to go out with him. And it's a, it's a setup. Yep, of course. And we all know what's going to happen because the wonderful musician is going to play wonderful music for his wonderful lady and swoop her heart up. And he talks some more. It's a little clearer than the last time because it's a big deal that he is speaking again. Speaking, and not only that, but he's playing with the band, which he normally doesn't do live. And he's speaking out into a crowd of people because he always feels like he's messing them up because he can't hear. But he had Warren signing for him the lyrics so he could stay on on beat, which was yeah. really cool. Like. Sydney sits down after three months of never having have not seen Ridge and just he's up on stage. Warren is his backup to make sure he stays on track. Brendan, his brother, is, you know, being the best brother in the world. And, you know, Bridget's keeping her company at the table so she doesn't run away. What does he say, Katie? Bridget says, Sydney, some of these songs I wrote with you. Some of these songs I wrote for you. Then he goes on to say, if you aren't ready to say the word, that's fine. I'll wait as long as you need me to. I just hope you don't mind the interruption tonight. And then his brother takes the mic and he's like, he can't hear what I'm saying right now. So I'll take this opportunity to tell you Ridge is full of shit. He doesn't want to wait anymore. He wants you to say the word more than he wants air. So please, for the sake of all that is holy, say the word tonight. (laughs) Which I loved. That was cute. It was so sweet, and it was like a picture book moment. It was. It was very, very romantic. And then, of course, after those songs he plays that he wrote for her, she's like, yeah, let's do this. They go back to her apartment together, and that was the most romantic sex scene I think I've read in a long time (laughs) so romantic I was telling my husband about it because the idea of putting earplugs in so you can't hear like I feel like that would just it would change it up a lot Mm -hmm. so yeah because Ridge wanted Sydney to experience it the way that he was and he was making it a big point to make sure that she could feel his heart beating and he was feeling the way it sounded when Sydney said I love you and she said that over and over again he put his ear on her chest to feel the way her like chest vibrates when she says I love you yeah that was so romantic and then if we want to get into the dirty dirty deeds it was really hot he was like doing her to the beat of her heart yeah I've never with like her hands above her head and the earplugs in and he was like breathing on her skin big swoop oh my god take notes (laughs) 
<laughs> it was spicy. I was like, okay, we're finally here and we don't have to feel sad about it. Like, it's an appropriate time. They can finally be together. This is their moment. And it was beautiful. This it book was, was so, so beautiful. beautiful. And that's how it ends, basically. Yeah, it just ends with them glowing and glistening. Yep, last thought is he kisses me so softly for so long, my tears eventually subside and are replaced with complete silence accompanied only by the rhythm of our hearts. And then I was going to read Ridge's last thought is I kiss her softly on the nose and mouth and chin, then press my ear against her heart again. For the first time in my life, I hear absolutely everything. And that's how it ends. Because she's crying because it was so beautiful. Yeah. Those were like tears of like complete and utter happiness. And like they're finally having their someday moment. Yeah. Completion. (sighs) It was so beautiful. And they're so sweet. And it was so sad. It was a beautiful, heavy book. I wasn't ready for it. I thought that I was ready for like a Sarah Dessen moment. Like a, I'm a grown up girl. Like here's my Sarah Dessen vibe. And I forgot what those books were like. Me too. I haven't read Sarah Dessen in ages. And honestly, this Colleen Hoover book too, there's less spicy moments than I think in any of the ones that I've read before. So I was a little, like we waited until the really the last page Mm -hmm. for that spice. And then before that, it was just a kiss. And through the whole book, there was just tension. I don't know why anyone would want to read so much tension. I I loved it. I love that tension. I did not love it. It could have used a little more spice in a perfect book, but for this book, like it was perfect yeah me. it would have been wrong if there was more spice yeah it would have been horrible then i would have been mad and not liked the characters if there was more well ridge was not a book boyfriend for me no a book he's no i want him to be but because he had that girlfriend like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, super sweet and wanted to take care of Sydney and stuff, but it was just... But he didn't. No. <laughs> he didn't, though. Like, it was just... It was fine. And then, like, Sydney was comforting him. Uh, yeah. Most of the book, which was like, oh, come on. <laughs> I don't want to take care of you. You're supposed to take care of me. I'm sorry. I mean, he acknowledges how messed up it is at one point towards the end of the book that he like she's comforting him when it should be the other way around but still I don't care (laughs) like he was not a boyfriend and it was it was just kind of sad all the whole time and I think it was like a four star rating or I I feel like I vote everything a four star I'll be honest yeah I am going to give this Colleen Hoover book a four star, four and a half star. And it's not getting that extra half because I didn't cry. (laughs) That's my, that's always my thing. If it's a five star book, then I cried. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) But it was really good. I just didn't cry, which I felt like I was going to. I think there was a point here where I got teary-eyed, but I didn't cry. Tears did not shed. So, four and a half stars. There you go. At least you know. (laughs) 
I'm at four stars. I feel like maybe it was three stars for me. I, if I want to give an honest review, like maybe three stars. I, it was so, it was too sad for me. It was a beautiful book. And I just think for my personal, my personal enjoyment, it just, I think we were at a three stars. And I think a good spice rating would probably be like a one and a half. Yeah, I would give this a one. There's like no spice except for the end. Just lots of tension. Yeah. It's a 10 out of 10 for tension. I know. If you like roped her up at the end, I feel like maybe it'd be more, but <laughs> that would that would have been a different kind of tension, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right. that was a good book. That's maybe someday by Colleen Hoover. Yep. Join us next time when we read. What is it we're reading, Al? <laughs> um. Tease Me, A Dark Billionaire's Mafia Romance by Faith Summers and Cardine Gray. Yeah, so we're going to read a mafia book. So we're going to get into some deeper, darker stuff. Hopefully a little more steamy and more maybe... Of a, more spice next time. Not so heavy and sad. <laughs> yeah, and not so much aliens either, so... Nope. We're just going to try and get back to some spice. So, and what's going to be exciting too is you're not going to have to wait two weeks for the next episode. We're going to have this one ready on July 6th. And from that episode on, we'll be releasing our reviews every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Yeah. So follow us on social media. We have linked down below in the description. That's where we update. We try to do it daily. We have Facebook book club. We've got the TikTok. (laughs) We've got the Instagram. That made me feel old. But yeah. (laughs) Share us around. Share us around. We could use some help. And then subscribe to our podcast. Wherever you can find podcasts. We're everywhere now, baby. Everywhere. (laughs) So in the meantime. Stay. Stay. Bye.